And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Did you hear that we started a TV show? That's right. Startup Hustle TV is now live on the YouTube. And with that, I have got with me today one of my fellow cast members, a YouTube sensation himself, a home builder entrepreneur extraordinaire. And I'm going to tell you who that is right after I let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Lending Standard, the only secure online origination and underwriting platform solution for HUD, Fannie, Freddie, and bank multifamily lenders. Visit LendingStandard.com to learn more or click the link in the show notes. As I mentioned, today's guest is one of my, I'm just going to say co-stars because I like to think that we're a lot bigger than we are, but Eric is a real star, uh, the home of the Perkins Brothers YouTube channel and Perkins Builder Brothers straight out of Bryson City, North Carolina. We have Eric Perkins with us today. Eric, what's up? Thank you, Matt. That was the best introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> wow. You doing all right? You know, Eric, I wake up every day and think about, you know, I, I the first thought in my mind is how am I going to introduce Eric Perkins <laughs> next time I have him on Startup Hustle? But it's been a while. So this is your second time on the show. And, you know, we had you and and your brother, Jamie, uh, on before. And, you know, first off, before we get too, too far into it, thank you so much for participating in our YouTube channel experience. Uh, we're just trying to do what you guys do. And if you haven't checked out Eric's YouTube channel, you should join and become one of the 300,000 or nearly 300,000 subscribers that he has. But yeah, uh, so thank you for that. And, uh, you know, if you could just maybe, can, can you give everyone a little background about who you are? So I am a 39 year old contractor that lives in a small town and I build custom homes, started making videos about two years ago about what we were doing. And all of a sudden, I, well, two years later, uh, the, the making of the videos and, and putting them out on YouTube is now our main source of revenue. The building the houses is almost just a way to, to have content to make videos about, which is really weird. Uh, been building houses 20 years, just up in the mountains before that. So, um, it's pretty interesting, actually. Now, now, all of that, and we kept this, we kept the subject as general as just home builder entrepreneurship because we did that on purpose because, you, you know, like you said, you make money as a contractor in building homes and you've also taken a level of home builder entrepreneurship uh, to a different level with the creation of your YouTube channel. And I want to talk a little bit about both of that um, because, you know, like as an entrepreneur, I mean, is it fair to say both of those are, are, are full-time entrepreneurial ventures for you at this point? I think so. I mean, we're always looking for the best way to build houses, like the, the best avenue, like how we're going to do the best and still have the best sort of freedom or lifestyle 
that we can have while we're doing it. So now, right now we're building custom homes. We might be buying and flipping homes later. We might be building spec homes after that. So, you know, I think, you know, and our business is called Perkins Enterprises. So it's whatever sort of enterprise in construction, you know, that, that we feel like it's going to be good for us and good for our clients. And um, so I, I've enjoyed being on your show as well, not to divert too much, but I've actually learned a lot <laughs> by being on your show because you're way better at tech stuff and GoPros and stuff like sending stuff automatically. And so, um, hey, thanks for uh, giving us the shot to, to learn some new stuff from someone who is way more technologically <laughs> advanced. Before we hit record, I told Eric that Eric was asking me some questions and, and I was teaching Eric how to use computers a little bit. Um, and I said, and I said, I will, you will return the favor when I eventually come and visit you and Jamie on a job site. Cause I'll probably have a Fisher price tool belt on with my tools in it and figuring some of that out. So, you know, when it comes to home, home building entrepreneurship, and we talked about this pretty early in startup hustle TV before we introduced you and, and Jamie and your in business with your brother and a, a second right. generation home builder. Uh, but, you know, as far uh, construction entrepreneurship in general is one of the most common forms of entrepreneurship because so many people are contractors and have different businesses. When you think about home builder entrepreneurship, like what are some of the what are some of the most common forms of it that, just, that come to mind? Well, first of all, I want to say I think a lot of entrepreneurs are drawn to this field of being a contractor because you're quite literally your own boss. Um, you don't have to work under any sort of other outfit. It's not um, it's not like you work for anybody. You can kind of do whatever you want, work however much you want, do whatever type of projects you want. And I think that sort of lends itself to uh, the type of personality of someone who wants to be an entrepreneur Uh do the best they can, see what they can do, um, sort of make their own way. That's that's kind of an interesting thing about it. You don't have to start up under some other huge, you know, corporation and work your way up. You're just you get a contractor's license, boom, you're your own, you're your own deal. So one of the things that I find with entrepreneurship in general is a lot of people end up indirectly starting a business, meaning they're good at something and then it becomes a business. So they do something because they're passionate about it or they have a talent for it. And then they quickly realize, oh shit, I gotta actually run a business and know more stuff about that. Uh, you yep. know, it, <laughs> that's kind of important. Well, you've talked about that some in the early episodes of Startup Hustle TV about you know balancing cash flow, dealing with a whole bunch of different stuff. Like when it comes to home builder entrepreneurs, like entrepreneurs in general, What's a little bit, what, what are a few things that, what are a few surprises that most of them are in for that they might not be expecting? Well, I think with any business, people need to be careful with their, with their cash flow, with any sort of liquid asset they have and, and play it safe. I mean, you know, there's been times where we would, if we would have dove in deeper on, on getting loans on things like equipment or whatnot, we would have gone under for sure. Like no doubt when, when the economy dove a couple of times. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just playing it safe, really, uh, as far as not going out on a limb to expand beyond, you know, what you know how to do. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with staying small, being a small business. Um, you know, a lot of businesses you run, I think are, you know, you're good at growing businesses. 
the way I look at it, uh, from what we do, I, I don't mind being small and um, doing more of the physical, actual work myself. You and you actually talked about that as well about the importance of staying lean and not being overcommitted. And you know, I think whether it's home building, entrepreneurship, or anything. Uh, that's really important. I've learned that lesson the hard way a couple times, but oh, you tell yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you actually made a comment uh, that you had you had you and Jamie and Perkins Builder uh, just enterprises in general had had tried to scale and and actually found that you just didn't like it. You know, like yeah. th that it was a pain in the butt and that you could make a big living. Now, on the flip side of that, your YouTube channel is ultimately scalable, like that. Yep. For for a similar amount of work, meaning just like editing a video didn't probably change from here to six months ago, but that can grow. So let's talk a little bit about that part of your business. I mean, how has that changed for you? I, I've known you for almost a year, by the way. I went back and looked. We wow. we, we were introduced by a, a mutual friend, uh, Justin Powell, uh, who's a rock star too. Yo, right? JP. Yeah. 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 He can take uh, those keys. Yeah. So <laughs> rock star turned financial advisor, now rock star financial advisor. And by the way, J Justin, congratulations on starting your own shop. Yeah. We'll absolutely. Have, have him on there. Yeah. He, he made a good decision there, but you know, when I talked to you a year ago, um, your YouTube channel was, was, uh, uh, almost, a, was less than half of what it is now. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was because I wrote. I remember I had some notes. You had about one hundred and twenty thousand subscribers, and oh, you know you're wow. just just now under barely under three hundred thousand. I mean, so how is that part of how has that changed for you in the last six months or year? Well, I, I'm friends with a couple of YouTubers that you know have something to the tune of a million subscribers, and for them, well, you know, I like to ask them questions. Of course, like they're in a place that I'm trying to get to. They've already been there you know, I said, how do you know when this is your full-time job? You know, where, what's that point? And, and both of them told me you'll one day you'll wake up and you will simply not have time to be doing the other thing as much because making the videos you'll realize is what's earning your living. And that happened when we got to about 250,000 subscribers, like something happened <laughs> with, uh, mainly sponsor deals, uh, all of a sudden, every day, email, 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 email. We want a, you to advertise for us in your videos. Uh, and I don't know if that's some sort of like unwritten threshold or something uh, with, with a lot of people that would want you to do integrations for them. But um, so that's what's changed is that it went from this kind of side thing, making a little, you know, fun money, like we'll go spend it on vacation or something to now, you know, literally I could, you know, not get paid to build houses and still make a living as long as I could build them just to make videos, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's something you and I have talked about quite a bit, um, yeah. you know, since I met you, cause you know, I have a, I had a history of working with JC Lopez, who's the founder of urban necessities, which is a sneaker shop out in Vegas. And, and, you know, having similar conversations, like you said, you were talking to the other folks and I was like, well, I, I told you one day, I, I've told you that one day you're going to wake up and realize that you needed to get a hell of a lot of help and maybe have started that a while back. And I did um, take your advice yeah. on that. And I hired a full-time uh, marketing manager because yeah. you, you yeah. said, and I'm like, I'm so glad I did. Like, I don't know what I would be doing. <laughs> I'd probably be losing my mind right now if it weren't for her. 
Well, and I think that, and that's one thing that, you know, so the, the recent, uh, recently we, uh, we published some videos about the mental health of entrepreneurship, which by the way, yeah, I'll I just share. watched it last night. What, did you notice we barely have any views on it? Cause I've learned an important lesson on YouTube. They throttle you on when I say throttle, meaning they don't notify you as your subscribers and a lot of other stuff. They don't let you promote or do anything when your title has certain topics. So uh, anything with COVID, the pandemic, mental health, hiring, like I have learned a lot about YouTube entrepreneurship. Yes. If you say the word COVID, yeah. can we say that on a podcast? Uh, I don't, we just <laughs> did, but yeah. yeah. You, I, will, I will constantly say uh, maybe the virus if I need to say it in a YouTube, but, but you're right. They will totally like demonetize or something they don't want misinformation about yeah. covid yeah. i guess is the reason it, well it's, so it's ai it's ai yeah, it machine is. learning algorithms that trigger certain things so yeah i've learned that and 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 so you talk about like well not being you're not in control of that and oh. it's frustrating man like that was the and that's happened two weeks in a row because we did a couple pieces about how the pandemic affected entrepreneurs and then with the mental health of entrepreneurship and yeah it was really frustrating because you know you put a whole bunch of work into something and then you click the publish button only to realize that um that's that oh okay so you don't like that and yeah and that's that's something i think as an entrepreneur you're going to run into because you're going to just have to learn and figure stuff out and you know that that's why like we were saying when it comes to home building entrepreneurship in general i think a lot of people whether it's home building or something else you have to quickly learn that it is a business there's a whole lot of responsibility there's a whole lot of things that you have to learn how to do and there's a whole lot of things that can suck your time up so <laughs> for you what are a couple of those things that have been just in general just for both your youtube channel and as a builder like what are the what are the time sucks that our low value activities. Let's try to help someone avoid mm. those. Well, you know, one of these is like really obvious, but uh, you know, taking jobs that are far away from you, where you live <laughs> as a builder, you never go to the same, you know, office for eight hours a day, you go to a job site. And so like right now I'm working an hour away. So it's two hours of driving every single day. Um, you know, that's huge. And with that, if it's in the middle of nowhere. So if, we don't bring something with us that we need. <laughs> like we just go home for the day. There's no like driving an hour to get the nail gun and then driving back again to start work now at noon, you know? So um, those are two things just as a contractor, um, you know, as a person that's, you know, I, I guess you call it a personality. I don't know on YouTube now. Um, one of the things you helped me with was uh, just being okay with the fact that, you know, I, I am a, a nice guy, I feel like, but, um, being okay with not being available to everybody all the time. Like people sending you emails, like, you know, I'm building a deck. Like, do I use a two by eight or a two by 10, you know, with all this description and, you know, I feel like, Oh, I have to reply to this person. They need my help. And, uh, you know, you sort of help me understand that I, you know, I can't do that. I can't be that for everybody or else that's all I'll do all day long is I'll just reply to emails and take phone calls and I'll never get anything done that I want to do. Yeah. And I think that as an entrepreneur, you have to begin to develop a sense of value. And when I say value, 
you know, there's things that are high value activities and there's things that are low value activities. And, you know, those are those time suck things. And like you mentioned, like I hadn't even thought about the driving to the job site thing because you don't get paid for that. And oh, really? And, no, and, you don't get paid any extra. <laughs> yeah. No, in some cases, you may actually even be paying people to do that ride or take that ride with you. Like if you meet your if you meet your crew somewhere and you pick them up and now they're in the car with you, they're probably going to want yeah, to. Yeah, we're on the time. we're working now. <laughs> we're on the clock. We're on the clock. And yeah. then, you know, kind of like you said, I think one of the things when it comes to uh, just business in general is is well, it, a lot of people are people pleasers and they want to please everyone and make everyone happy, and it leads to a, a sense of having to say yes to everything and. You know, I've, I've actually given a lot of advice and input to people that had growing brands or businesses and everything. I'm like, you got to learn how to say no. I think that, that the, my favorite four letter word in business, well, I have two of them and some, everyone's expecting me to drop an F-bomb here and I'm not <laughs> going to. It's actually sold and next because selling stuff, nothing happens in a business until something sells. Like you don't have a, a house to build until you sell a contract. Right. But sometimes you got to say next because the things that you can get stuck on rather than moving on down the line to the next thing can really, really, really depreciate the profitability, but more so like the mental sanity that you have as an entrepreneur. And it's like, and, you know, I, we're a service business kind of like you are. And I say service business for those of you who aren't aware, I'm the CEO and founder of Full Scale. I've got 200 employees globally and we provide services for 50 different tech companies. And, and yeah, but sometimes, dude, like sometimes like our clients manage their own projects and their products and they do it with our people. So occasionally they grumble or they say this or that. And I say, hey, look, like, I didn't sign up to be your product manager, you know, like if our people aren't showing up, if they're not working hard or they're just doing something that's grossly incompetent, let me know. But, you know, like your results are on you, you know, so some of that is and, and, and it sounds a little gruff sometimes. But, you know, when it comes to home building, what are some of the common things that your clients or your your buyers or whoever you want to whatever you call them? Um, what, how are they going to suck your time? And where is that, where is that a really ugly pitfall? Well, we hope to get really nice clients to work for, you know, that's, that's always the hope. And, you know, we've never had a client that we couldn't, we just straight up couldn't finish the project because of something personal or the relationship with the client. Um, now some are just more stressed out <laughs> about the project because, because building a house, if you've never built a house for yourself or had someone even build it for you, it's a lot of decisions. Like the, the whole process is decision, 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 decision. And it's, you got to stack them in at the right time. And so some people are really good at making decisions and some people get really stressed out and uh, sometimes even lash out <laughs> because of the stress um, and, and sort of put it on you that, that you're causing this stress in their life when really we're just trying to, to do a good job and, and give the client exactly what they want in the end um so like i said I, you know one out of every 15 people we built for has just been hard to work with for whatever reason or you know wants to call at three in the morning on a saturday night to ask um you know when do we need to have our paint colors ready? <laughs> it's like we're framing the house it's it's not you know right now you know and so um you know definitely had to learn to just ignore phone calls at three in the morning because you know, people get stressed out 
they want to uh, alleviate their stress by talking to you. And, um, you know, this, that's not a good feeling to be waking up and, and just like for nothing, you know? So um, you're married to a client though, basically for six months, when you're building a custom house, all we do is work for them. So, um, you know, our hope is that the end of it, it was great, you know? And then, then we kind of get divorced <laughs> when the house is done, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a good way to put it because, you know, one of the things, so at full scale, we don't do SOW work, meaning statement of work. Like you buy our time and our effort and that's, that's our deliverable. The reason we don't do that is because like I've done contracts like that before and, and it's, you're guaranteed to hear that should have been included. That should have been included. That should have been included. And now for a home, when it comes to home building entrepreneurship, how specific do you need to be with your plans, with your bids, with your budgets and all of that? Because I feel like it, from the outside looking in, that seems to me like, like where you're going to be most likely to lose money or just like be wildly unhappy. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, to answer it straight, straight up, I mean, we have to be as specific as humanly possible. Um, there's definitely a lot of contractors that have uh, made a little, a lot of people angry and it wasn't on purpose. It was just from not being specific about something, like you said, and someone expects like this kind of flooring and, and, and the contracts, contractors expecting to provide this other kind. And, and the two parties don't realize what the other one's expecting. And it's just, all it is is expectations. I mean, um, and you need, the only way you can have the same expectation is to be very explicit about everything you can be explicit about, including contingencies like, oh, what if lumber prices quadruple, huh? What if that happens? <laughs> uh, you know, obviously that did happen. Um, so there's a lot of unforeseen things that you have to be explicit about, uh, including things like that. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that part and the loan and cash flow management, because we had a whole sequence with you dealing with the struggle of that on Startup Hustle TV. But before we do that, you know, it's no secret that the multifamily loan process can be difficult to manage. And that's why multifamilydebt.com's intuitive online platform can help take the pain out of the process by matching borrowers with lenders, vying for their business, streamlining the application process and providing guidance from industry industry experts to help borrowers find the best option. Go to multifamilydebt.com. That is also a lendingstandard.com property and function. I'm so, you know, for those of you that aren't aware, Lending Standard has sponsored this episode and they are one of Kansas City's fastest growing companies and one of our top venture back companies. They are fixing a lot of the problems that involve loans and the payments and all of that. And that's a real pain in the ass for builders, isn't it? It can be <laughs> for sure. Bingo. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, most, most of the time, yeah, people need a loan to build a house. There's not a lot of folks, uh, younger folks anyway, that just have $400,000 sitting around cash to, Hey, build me a new house. So, um, you know, as a builder, uh, you know, definitely have to deal with checking all the boxes, signing all the things, getting all the things done exactly how the bank wants it done. And, and getting paid sort of way behind sometimes, you know, having to go out on my own credit or own working capital a long ways to the very end of the board <laughs> and then, you know, get recouped later. So that, that's kind of how it works if you're, a, if you're a builder for the most part. 
Yeah, and I think it was in episodes two and three, we followed a story that of you dealing with that. And, you know, and, yeah. the thing, and I think that that was like a really real moment in the history of Startup Hustle TV as well, because you've been really successful. You, I mean, you have like a three-year wait list for homes and stuff like that. And it's like, and here it is. And, and, it's be, and it was actually a, a bank glitch or an error. Yeah, uh, they, they literally had had done something where, some sort of form was just wrong. They sent me the form and I filled it out right, but it was like the wrong form and uh, nobody seemed to catch it and, and we just weren't getting payment. And, and we were somewhere to the tune of $100,000 like in on my credit cards and um, no no working capital left either. So I was I was getting ready to, you know, pull out my home equity line. <laughs> Literally, if, if then that day it came in, but I had to pay the guys uh, that worked for me and it, it's three to $4,000 a week. So, um, you know, that's not a huge number, but, um, I was going to be paying it out of my home equity <laughs> instead of, uh, the business, which is not a good thing if, if you don't know. So, um, you know, anytime you're, you're out on a limb, uh, that far and don't expect to be like, I'm not a bank, you know, that's what, you know, a lot of people think the builder should be your bank you can borrow, you know, that you should be able to borrow <laughs> the builder's money to build your house, but the bank, that's their job. Um, and sometimes due to all the paperwork and all the different people that are involved, it doesn't happen very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Andy from Lending Standard because he recorded an episode recently and they special in the multi the multifamily like condo buildings and different stuff like that. And he told me that the average bank spends about $50,000 in human capital, meaning labor, getting a one a loan for a multifamily loan from wow. beginning to end. And I was like, oh, my God, like that That's just offend, that offended every bit of efficiency that exists in my thought process yeah and so yeah that's i think it's good that that's being solved and then we had another uh we had another guest from a company called build and they uh they're actually growing really quickly they they help solve that cash flow problem for builders uh meaning like they uh and you can go look up the the, that old episode in our feed but they basically did that short-term financing so you could still buy in bulk and do different things from Lowe's without, because that the struggle it really appears the struggle is real when it comes to that short term cash flow. Because here's the thing: if you can't, whether it's a home building entrepreneurial venture or anything, if you don't pay your people and don't pay them on time, they're either going to leave or they're on their way out. Because that doesn't that doesn't yeah. go over that well. So if you want to be a home builder entrepreneur, you need to you need to address how you're going to handle that part of your business pretty quickly. So, I mean, is that, that's probably fair to say, right? This is very fair to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, definitely a couple of the people that have worked for us in the past left where they were working because the guys they were working for, you know, didn't pay them. They, oh, we don't have money. Like, and I can see it definitely for real happening. Like I'm the builder. I have run out of money. I can't pay you till I get paid something, you know, as, as a person who's just working your tail off, you know, day in, day out for this contractor, you're going to be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. You hey, don't care. You, you don't know. care. You just, you want no. your paycheck on Friday. No, and, I mean, yeah. I, I would yeah. be the same way. So we've always, my brother and I have always paid people as quick as we, we can. Like if a subcontractor gets done with their work, the second they're walking out the door from the job, I'm handing them a check. And that's a good way to ensure 
that your, your subcontractors, when you pick, you know, when you call them, they'll pick up their phone <laughs> and answer your call if they think, oh, if I work for this guy, he'll, he'll pay us like right away. So um, that, you know, if you're looking to be a builder, that's a good piece of advice. If you can do it, um, you'll be able to keep good subs. If you can just, Hey, this guy pays. And, and that, you know, let's, let's expand on that a little bit, Eric, cause reputation management, like I've had this discussion with you before, uh, you know, now you're in it for those of you that are unaware, Bryson, Eric has about 1500 YouTube subscribers for every person that lives in Bryson city. <laughs> uh, cause that's about a 2000 person town now. Um, but regardless of how big of a market you're in, I got to feel like that reputation management is important for home building entrepreneurship. And it's also something, so, so contractors, um, often don't have a great reputation. (laughs) More often than not, probably. So how, I mean, how, how important is that? And why is that? How can we help the future, future home building entrepreneurs avoid getting thrown in that bucket? And then how do you deal with it when you, when, when you are a good contractor, but yeah. you have to overcome that stigma? I don't know everything that has happened to people with contractors, but, but I've heard some stories. Most of them go something like I had a contractor and I paid him and he just stopped showing up, just disappeared. Or uh, he gave me a price that was the best price. And then halfway through the job, he said he was out of money. You know, that's the two most common things I've heard. Um, you know, so, you know, both of those are, I think, contractors just trying to get jobs uh, and knowing they're going to be deceitful and just walk away and not finish them. So, um, I mean, I think the number one thing why people want to hire us is we're transparent. Um, they don't have to worry. Like, like we work for people from Florida a lot. Uh, they feel like they can trust us with their money and just, you know, be in Florida while we build their house and not worry that we're just going to run off, disappear, not finish the project. Um, you know, we've got a lot on the line, with every project if we were to you know not finish one project you know that could be the end uh in a small town as far as you know your reputation goes i try to address that so our business where all of our employees are in the philippines and for a lot of tech companies they've had bad experiences uh usually with india for whatever reason Hmm. Um, but I, I'm aware of that. And I think as an entrepreneur, if you want to run a clean shop, um, get out in front of that stuff. Like I'm aware that certain stigma exists and I figured out pretty quickly what the major objections were, which then I'll tell you, Eric, it's pretty easy. They always, uh, uh, potential clients always ask us, they're like, when are people going to be available to work? Do they speak English? And what's the quality going to be? And so we handle that right up front. And I think that when you're an entrepreneur, regardless of what your business does, figure out very quickly what, what stigmas or what the, what's preventing people from buying and buying faster and do something to shape your messaging around it. So you can hit it right on the head because, you know, we're in this digital world and so many people are going to visit your website or see something else. And, 
they're, they have these questions and they're lingering in the back of the mind. So if you can answer those questions up front, you appear to be, you're a lot more transparent and you handle a lot more questions and it makes it easier for a buyer. Like get out in front of the potential problem. Don't just pretend that it doesn't exist. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think a good uh, level of transparency is great. Now, as we watched, I watched that episode last night, you know, you, you probably have to withhold some, some minute amount of transparency, um, to your client just so they're not freaking out. Like if you're if you tell them you're freaking out, yeah, that may be over the line. You know, you need to make them feel like you have things under control, even if you feel like you're overwhelmed. But, you know, that said, um, one of the best things I think that we've done is to tell people before we even are hired, when people are fishing for a price, we'll call it, you know, that's what happens a lot of time. People just like, Hey, how much would you charge me for this house? Um, and there, you, I just asked them, look, are you looking for the cheapest price or are you looking for like a quality build job? Because if you're looking for the cheapest price, like I'm not even going to price it for you. I'm not your guy because you can't, yep. you can't be the cheapest and like do a good job. This it can't happen. Like it just isn't possible. So I always ask people that like immediately. First question, what are you looking for here? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, I'm really glad you said that, Eric, because that, that's the same thing. I tell people the same thing because they'll be like, hey, this place is, is here. This is less. And, or the, and, you know, we're comparing apples to oranges in a lot of situations. Sure. Like, do you want people or do you want the best people? Because those, those are two very different things. And you're right. You know, quality, is, it, it has a price to it. And if you, you know, and, and that's something. So I think you can, you, I, I would, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to decide, like, are you a budget operation? Or are you high quality? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think money to be made either way. Yeah. Um, you just have to know what you are because if you're pitching <laughs> that we're the best and you're giving a cheap price, then it ends up, you can't be the best because you're the cheap price. People are going to be disappointed. Um, but if you tell them, Hey, we're the cheapest price and it's going to be pretty crappy, but we'll get it done quick. You know, they might, you know, some people might be very happy to, to get something done quickly, you know? So I want to talk a little bit about marketing and finding sales now. Uh, and this is going to be funny because you and I both have businesses that have very, uh, unique angle and approach to marketing and reputation and hype and all of that. Um, so I went to business school before I dropped out of my fifth college. And, uh, at one point, you know, you, you learn to create budgets and projections and in almost every business advertising and promotion is an expense and both your business and mine, it is not, um, which is very, very rare, uh, meaning like we have sponsors. So do you, and there's revenue that it comes close to meeting. And in your case, definitely exceeds the, like you are promoting your business and getting paid to do it, which is rare, very rare. But if you're, if you want to be a home building entrepreneur, like how do you go about finding new business? If you don't have 300,000 YouTube subscribers or a podcast that gets listened to in 190 countries a year? Yeah, that that's a good question. So, you know, do, do you know the answer? Cause I, I may not know the answer. So, you know, backing up, you know, our, before we had, uh, you know, advertising from YouTube, people seeing us on on their screens, was that it was just word of mouth in this little small town. People would come in from out of town. They'd want a vacation cabin. They'd go to like to the different realty offices, uh, or or maybe the building department. They're not supposed to tell you who's a good builder at the building department. By the way, I think that's 
uh, you know, you're not supposed to do that, but I think they probably did. So they would just ask around at the bank, you know, who, who should I get to build me a house here in this little town? Oh, Perkins do a good job calling here. There's a number. You know, that was our advertising and that kept us busy. Um, so maybe I don't know the answer because we weren't looking, you know, like I said, to grow into some huge company. Obviously, we would need a lot more phone calls coming in than, you know, Betty from down at the bank <laughs> giving out our phone number. So, uh, you know, but it's changed now that, uh, you know, people see your face online a million times a month, two million, three million. The phone starts ringing and it's from like California, you know, Arkansas, wherever, Canada, Australia. Hey, can you come build my house? I'm like, well, you know, no, <laughs> I live in North Carolina. So um, that's changed things. I, I think yeah, that it, it's important to pay attention to your own digital footprint and make sure you have one, you know, like there's a million sites, places and whatever. And I think you're, it, it's pretty easy if you don't have a digital footprint, it, meaning like you don't have any online presence at all. It's very easy to feel intimidated by it. And I want to remind you that if you're going to eat an elephant, you still have to do it one bite at a time. So I've done this with multiple businesses over the years. And by the way, these are things that you can do while you're sitting on your couch watching television, you know, like, and so take one bite out of it at a time. I still do this with my businesses now. Like you talk about filling something out, registering for a site, putting your name in a registry, um, you know, doing a couple things here and there. And then I think one, one thing I want to remind you of is if you have a smartphone, you are walking around with a film studio in your pocket. Um, I, I am, I am still sh in shock, shocked and amazed that you produce your whole entire YouTube channel on your phone, Eric. But, you know, with that, that anyone listening, you can, you can, you can create content and put it out there, even if it's just a simple video, like you get someone to hold the camera and say, hi, my name's Matt DeCourcy and I'm a home builder in this city and I do this and I do that and put it online and it, and it, it can be effective, you know, but uh, there, I think there's a lot of different things and shapes and ways to do that. And, and you know what, I, as much of a boom as there is with home building right now, pick up the phone pick up the phone and, and make some phone calls, you know, like, so I'm at our new office in downtown Kansas City, Kansas, and I'm here to meet an electrical contractor here in about half an hour. And the, the person we're partnered with on the building, actually, I had to call this guy in because his people were so backed up. And he told me, he goes, have him give me a call when you're done, because I got a whole lot of other work for him. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, that's how it gets done. So yeah, if you get one job and you get it done good, you know, it's very likely that it'll turn into something else. Uh, and this, right. yeah, definitely pick up the phone. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call people. And if they say, uh, well, I'm busy, I don't have the work or whatever. And then just ask the simple question. Do you know anybody that needs help? It's that simple. That stuff's free. I mean, you don't have to, you don't need an ad budget for that. And it, it, I mean, everybody I talk to that's in and around any type of construction or real estate, is seems to desperately be seeking people to do the work and oh yeah you know so so the, a as an entrepreneur that's an opportunity if you're thinking about doing something and you have the skills and everything to do it just go you got to eventually do it and it also means that you should never probably run out of work if you're decent at doing it so um yeah all right so a couple other things and you know eric thanks again for joining me this has been this has been fun and interesting so you know, when it comes to, you know, the home home building entrepreneurship in general, 
um, you you work with your brother. Um, how do you do you how do you feel about being in business with family? Well, I've always been in business with family, so I, I can't say that I know anything otherwise. Um, it well, you know, it's good to have a business partner you can trust. I think that's <laughs> probably the bottom line of it. Um, that relieves a lot of stress when you're not worried about you know, is my business partner sloughing stuff off the top and not telling me about it or, you know, any number of things or pulling their weight or, you know, just doing anything in general that would not be beneficial to the company. Um, when your brothers, um, and, and we've always worked together, uh, there's just a level of trust there that, Hey, you're going to do your thing. I'm going to do mine. We don't, we, we both are definitely have strong suits. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably a better, I hate to say this out loud, carpenter <laughs> that's right you heard it here people you yeah. heard it here eric kirkins has stated and we're going to make some sound yeah. bites for this, Eric. you're in big trouble you probably shouldn't have said that dude. yeah but yeah. my brother does not know how to turn on a computer so uh, so we're going to have a hard time getting yeah. the video and the other yeah. stuff with it but it'll be out there so yeah i mean he you know it takes both of us you know um Somebody has to, to email people <laughs> to build houses. It just, you know, so, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's great to work with family if you get along. Uh, I know a lot of, you know, families probably don't get along as well. Um, and, and people ask us like, oh, I bet y'all fist fight it all the time. I'm like, no, not, not really. Just, you know, never did. I don't know. <laughs> so. I, I actually don't recommend working with family. I, yeah. uh, I, I, I uh, my wife and I successfully ran a business for years, but I realized along the way how hard that could be for certain people. And I had a great experience with it. I know you and Jamie do as well, but it, but I'd say 24 out of 25 people I talked to were, were more along the lines of like, dude, I couldn't work with my wife. How do you work with your wife? Yeah. Why do you want to work with your wife? Do you work with your wife because you have to? Um, and or iterations of all those. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see a power struggle, you know, in any marriage going on if, if you're also running a business together. Like, you know, sometimes it's just overexposure, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like I know, I know some of our employees at full scale are excited to come back to work because they actually get to leave the house where they've been trapped with right. their with their spouse and their yeah. children for years. So, all right. So it's almost time for the founders freestyle. And I end my episodes. I say my episodes of Startup Hustle. I am not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in on Tuesdays. Join Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology and Amazon Brand Accelerator. Also helping us work on some Perkins merchandise that you will be able to find on Amazon at some point in the future. On Thursdays, tune in and listen to Lauren Conaway, also one of our fellow cast members from Startup Hustle TV. Lauren is the founder and CEO of Innovate Her, which has just added their 4,000th member to their program. Congratulations on that, Lauren. And Lauren is also really, really running away with the vote on in the Startup Hustle Facebook chat about which host cusses the most. How are you going to lose that? I mean, I thought I, thought I had I thought that, you had that one won. I thought that I would get the on, only votes, but <laughs> I have one vote and it's from you. So thanks, Eric. I'm trying to put you on top, Rose. Yeah, I you appreciate deserve it. That. You really deserve it. You need to step up your game a yeah. little bit. You have no <laughs> votes. The only people that have votes are Lauren, Heather, and me. 
And yeah. I did, yeah, I was, I'm still shocked by that. So come join it. Find us on Facebook, Facebook just type in Startup Hustle. You'll find our page and our chat. If you want to see what we're doing on YouTube, do the same thing. Just go to YouTube, type in Startup Hustle on in the search box. And while you're there, type in Perkins and you will find Eric's channel. It, Eric, you do a really great job of making building fun and you're a great and entertaining host. Now with that, I say the founders freestyle. I like to end my episodes by myself and my guests giving a little freestyle advice about what 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 you thought, what, you, what did you take away from this episode and what is some of the best advice that you could give to anyone that wants to get into home building entrepreneurship? Wow, the best advice I could give to someone getting into home building entrepreneurship is uh, just be ready for working outside. It's something that um, mm. catches a lot of people off guard. <laughs> you don't think about it, but uh, if it's cold out, you're going to be cold. If it's hot out, you're going to be hot. And, um, you know, you're basically in a career that's in the elements. So you got to like being outside. You know, it's funny because we were talking the other day about what some of the favorite parts that I had from Startup Hustle TV are. It's still you because you you invented shovel cam and then <laughs> rappelled down a roof so you could avalanche the roof. And you actually took the time to attach a GoPro to that. I just thought that was amazing. But dude, you were on top of a house on a mountain in the middle of winter and it was like negative degrees and it that was. was crazy that yeah, was scary I think, too i mean it, it i don't know if it looks scary but it, it really was scary it, i mean yeah, I, it looks scary because dude I, i'm afraid of heights so i like was watching that with my wife jill and i told her i was like i my stomach's turning a little bit and <laughs> And it was when the shovel cam got near the edge and it yeah. took me over. I was like, that is not. Well, that is not no, and I was, just for anyone listening, I was roped <laughs> in to, to the roof. But yeah. if yeah. I were to have slid, I would have just sort of been dangling. <laughs> Yeah, that's an episode. That's an episode two or episode two or three, if you want to watch it. Yeah, pretty good. So you know, overall, I think from this episode, I think some of the things that that stick out for me is is you know the power of of your reputation. I do think that that matters, um, and I think really overall is be prepared for the cash flow stuff because um, banks are going to pay you when banks pay you, and. If you can't manage that, like I'm telling you, when you get on the wrong side of that lever, it 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 will it will ruin your life in many ways because uh, it can ruin you financially. It can end your business. It can have personal effects on you, and it's just like fucking stressful. Yeah, when you owe people a lot of money, it's stressful. That's, yeah, and that's and right. that's that's the thing, and you know, and that and that will take the the spice out of life. There's it's hard to have peace of mind when you're under wild financial pressure. And you know, like overall, I mean, I think if I have to give the best advice in general, it's probably still in that same boat. Like entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It is not for the faint of heart. It will chew you up and spit you out. You're going to have good years. You're going to have bad years. You're going to have ups and downs. If you aren't, if you don't want your life and your happiness to potentially feel like a yo-yo, it's not for you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and look, you can make a great living if you are a skilled craftsman, 
So if that's how you feel about it, then I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to hire you. If you want to take it to a next level, then entrepreneurship might be for you. But remember, it's running a business. And if you, if you, if all you do is have to run the business and you're a service provider, you're not going to have time to provide the services. And if all you do is handle services and you ignore the business side of things, then that's going to fall apart. So just know yeah. what you're getting into. And I recently I mean, just started taking off uh, a whole workday a week to sort of balance that. Yeah. Yeah. And that struggle's real, man. That struggle's real. Eric, thanks again for joining yeah. me. I appreciate it. And thanks Thank again you, to, lending, to Lending Standard and MultifamilyDebt.com. Check out what they're doing. They can help you get a loan better, faster, cheaper. Eric, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. See you, Matt. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.